Thank you for tuning in to the Skill Stadium Podcast. Welcome, episode 91. I'm your host, Keith Williams. Every week, we invite you to join us with conversations we have with leaders in the skill trades, business owners, hiring managers, educators, and the professionals that do the work. You're going to hear hear them share their stories, advice, and possibly job opportunities if they are hiring. If you find value in this episode, please leave a five-star rating and share it with a friend or someone who you know could benefit from it. Thank you again for listening. Today, my guest is an educator, owner of a catering company, and instructor at Beaver County Career and Technology Center. He prepares high school students for careers in the culinary industry. He grew up in Evans City, PA, and during his free time, enjoys Steelers football. Please welcome Ben Piper to the Skill Stadium Podcast. Ben, how are you this morning? I'm good, Keith. How are you? Excellent, 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 Ben. Uh, thank you again for, for being a guest on the podcast. Ben, um, you know, one You're of the things, you and I grew up at a time when, um, you know, the internet and social media wasn't really as prominent, and I'm curious what you've learned because your students i'm sure are pretty active on on the internet i'm kind of curious what you've learned from your students in terms of observing how they operate in that in that um in that area well facebook is already out out it's it's instagram instagram or snapchat um you know and that's that's like that's where they get everything from that's the news that's the world that's that's how they see the world yeah and I would imagine in your industry, particularly with food, with a platform like Instagram, I mean, it, it it's almost designed for your industry in terms of being able to present food and show what people are doing. Oh, yeah, for, for a restaurant or uh, a caterer, or I also, until I got this job, I had a roadside barbecue stand. Um, you know, your daily specials, boom, everybody can see them instantly. They don't even, they don't have to pick up the, well, I guess they're using their phone, but they don't have to make a phone call and they can see it, not just hear what it is. Definitely. And so it's instant gratification, instant knowledge. Definitely. Hey, growing up in Evans City, PA, uh, when you were in high school, did you know you would have a career in, in, in this industry? Um, yep. Since I was 11 years old. Uh, when my dreams of either being a pro football player or a pro wrestler died, I uh, always knew I liked food and I wanted to be a chef. And about actually about halfway through my senior year, I woke up one day and I thought, I want to be a culinary teacher. This would be the greatest gig in the world. And uh, life didn't work out. It took me till I was 48 years old and I'm three quarters of the way through my first year of being a teacher. And uh, I'm probably more qualified now than if I would have done it right out of college anyway. Definitely. You know, timing is so important sometimes for things, you know, I, I think going out there and gaining that life experience, I'm sure helped you uh, tremendously for what you're doing now. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have done, I started, I always tell the joke that my first job was a Whopper Flopper, a Burger King, mm -hmm. and I've done hotels, country clubs, um, you know, small Italian restaurants, big restaurants, um, food service jobs, you know, in, uh, I ran the kitchen for a children's home for a good bit of time. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I've owned my own business for 20 years and, um, yeah, definitely more well-rounded than if I would have just got this job at 25 years old. Definitely. You know, you've worked in such diverse places. Um, 
what do you think you learned from that in terms of what enabled you to be successful in being in so many different environments? Because, you know, being in a country club versus working in a fast food place versus, you know, teaching, all of these are very different experiences. If there's something you could take away that you learned that helped you to be able to make these transitions, what would you say that was? Well, I think, I mean, first of all, if you just work hard and, and if you start, I was just telling kids yesterday, if you work hard when you're young, first, you're going to develop a good habit. Second of all, you develop a good reputation and you'll get up the ladder and you won't have to do the, at least the physical hard part of work as you get older. And I think that having such a wide variety of jobs, I mean, even fast food, those fast food restaurants, they teach you how to work in a system and how to be organized. And then you might move on to, uh, I worked in a real small Italian restaurant that we, if we had the food in, in-house and someone wanted it, it didn't matter. Like 40% of our food wasn't even on the menu. The customers could basically order whatever we want. And if we had it, we had to cook it. And that was really hard at first. But by the time you get used to it, that's a pretty cool thing to be able to do. And it, that teaches you how to pivot on the move and customer service. You know, you're there to please the customer. Mm-hmm. And, and I think anytime you take care of the customer, you're going to be successful at whatever you do. I, I mean, it's, it's just a differentiator from people who don't. Yep. I mean, and every job has a customer. Definitely. You know, I mean, these kids are my customers now, you know, in a, in a sense. And uh, you're providing them a service of teaching them to learn. I mean, obviously, it's not exactly the same as serving someone in a restaurant, but, uh, you know, you're here to, to provide them an education. Definitely. I, I think it's even more important because you, you, you have an influence in their success and their future. And so uh, I, I don't think that that's something that should be taken lightly. Uh, I, I think that that's oh, no. an important job. Very important. Oh, very, very, very important. Uh, very rewarding, very challenging. But uh, in the end, I think we're, we're starting to do good things. And I hope we continue rolling with the path that we're on so far this year. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, was curious. Do you have a specialty dish, something that you do well? What is your best dish? Well, I mean, my company is Piper's Pit Barbecue and Pig Roast. So I specialize in whole roasted pigs for catered events and barbecue. I bottle and sell my own barbecue sauce and a Buffalo ranch sauce. That's basically a wing sauce, but people put it on, you know, pigs, pulled pork, brisket everything and i love making soup and i love making crazy soups like you know if it's an entree i like to make it into a soup you know i've made you know reuben soup chicken cordon blue soup stuffed pepper soup well, that's not that that's not that rare anymore people make that all the time but like that's what i love to do excellent excellent is this something you've always is this something you've always enjoyed doing this particular dish or is it something that you know making the soup is it something that has grown on you over the years grown over the years I feel like my one of my first job, or my first job out of culinary school was working at, at the Sheraton, and uh, I started in the pantry. But the chef, um, he would let me, you know, do extra stuff when there when time allowed. And one of the first things was soup, and he just kind of let me go. And so I guess I've always just liked that. Cool, cool. Um, how do you how do you know that? someone is really good at a particular dish is it just hey everybody says it's great or is it something where a head chef or somebody has to taste it and give it a thumbs up 
Well, I mean, if, I guess the first thing, if you, if you were an underling in a restaurant, if you were just a cook or whatever, and you wanted to develop something new, then, I mean, you're not going to be allowed to serve that until the chef tells you you can. Um, but a lot of times they'll let you pick your own specials maybe. And uh, you still have to run it by the chef. And if he gives it the okay, then however well it sells um, and what the feedback from the diners are. Mm-hmm. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, tell me something. When it comes to teaching, I believe it's something that's a calling. And, you know, it's something that people do because they're passionate about it. Um, can you talk to me about what made you decide to make the transition? Because you were in the field and now you're teaching. Well, like I said, I mean, literally like 30 years ago when I was a senior in high school, I just thought, I looked at my teacher and I thought, this is a great way to, uh, you know, experience this field of cooking, but um, do it in a different way, help kids. I enjoyed, you know, my career in technology center when I was in high school and I just thought it seemed like it'd be the greatest thing. And like I said, just the world just didn't take me there right out of culinary school. And uh, I've always um, just thought that that would be the ultimate job. Um, when I was running the kitchen for this residential treatment facility for children, I was able to do some, like they called it an elective program where the kids would come help me some and I would teach them some stuff. And I always enjoyed that. And so that always, I think, kept the teaching going. And uh, I've been on the uh, occupational advisory committee at this school, which is they have uh, twice a year, you have uh, people from the industry meet in each specific uh, discipline that we teach and just talk to the teachers about the industry and what you're looking for. And so that always kept me interested. I think I've been on the committee for 10 or 12 years, and the job happened to op- open up, and I thought, let's go for it. Oh, that's amazing. So I think just yeah. having that relationship with the school, I'm sure, helped. Um, which Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I think people don't realize how important relationships are for opportunities. I think every opportunity that we have in life is based on a relationship. And, you know, the old way of just applying for a job and boom, you're hired. It's it's antiquated, I think. I think nowadays people want to make sure they know who they're getting in terms of, you know, does this person fit in the culture of the organization? Therefore, I feel like... Um, relationships are so important I'm, I, it's evidence as to how you got you know the fact that you had a good relationship helped you with this getting yes. this job absolutely i mean think about it if every person you talk to why wouldn't you want to have a, a, a beneficial relationship i mean i've had people that maybe five years ago i ran into them somewhere and they end up calling me for a catering or you know i've been on this board and then the job opened up. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it didn't hurt to have a positive relationship with the administration at the school. Um, you know, and just even some of my coworkers, I have just had met them in passing before. So that makes everything, you know, easier. And like you said, it's relationships. You, you just don't know how something's going to come back to you in the end. Definitely. Definitely. I also think- or someone you know, mm-hmm. you know, hey, a friend of a friend can put a good word in for you. Mm-hmm. And now I guess that's all can be over the the internet definitely at at least some of it yeah i think your reach your reach with the internet increases and visibility of who you are you know is out there on the internet in terms of okay here here's the successes i've had 
people can see, you know, what you've accomplished and what you've done before they even speak to you just by going yeah. and looking at your LinkedIn profile, looking at your online presence, you know, and so yes. it, it, then the next yep. thing is just to really to build a relationship. I, I know when I reach out to people, the first thing I'm doing is I'm looking at their LinkedIn, I'm looking at their social media. So there's just no surprises. So I know, okay, this is who I'm dealing with. And it also helps me in terms of approaching them as I'm getting to know them. If I see that there's something that's important to them, I'm going to ask them about it because they put it online, you know, uh, and there's no I, secrets there, right? Yeah. I mean, if you put something online, uh, I'm going to assume it's not private. I'm going to assume I can ask you about it. Well, you know, you put it out there. <laughs> so, right. uh, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty simple about that. I don't really put too much thought into that. If you put it out there, I'll, I'll ask you about it. And, and one thing I've done, even when I've interviewed people for, if they've been on another podcast and I see, you know, uh, somebody asked a gentleman that I had on my podcast a couple of weeks ago. He, so I saw that he was on another podcast and I saw how his face lit up when they asked him questions about his grandmother. Guess what? I asked him on my podcast questions right, about his grandmother because, you know, yeah. I looked at how he reacted. That was something that was important to him. So, yeah, I think that that online presence makes a big difference and, uh, it helps us to get to know people before we've even uh, approached them. Sure. Yeah. So um, I've seen, you know, one of the things I'm kind of curious about, and maybe you can help me with this, is I've seen online schools for your industry, online courses. And I'm curious, how effective is that for your profession versus well, in person? What's your view on that? I, uh, well, they, last year, of course, this is my first year teaching. Last year, the students did a lot of it because of COVID, mm -hmm. and they, in my opinion, did not seem too happy with it. Okay. Um, I know myself, I would not have been happy with it. I mean, what were it, they not happy me, about? I'm kind of sorry to interrupt you there, but I'm kind of curious if you could just delve into that. What did they not like about doing it online? I mean, they're just, they're not cooking. You know, they're just watching someone else cook, and it's not entertaining like a TV show, you know, watching a cooking show. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's the, the one that they did just simply basically showed the hands of the person cooking and you could hear them talking about the recipe. And I think that they just found it boring because it's not it's not meant for entertainment. But I think to them, you know, something online is entertainment. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it could be something that could be used to enhance, you know, um, what you're already doing. But to do it strictly, I would probably have a problem with that. Um you know, I'm not super familiar with it, to be honest with you, because luckily we haven't had to do it this year. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we've been all in the classroom. Um, they were not able, with some of the rules from the school, to have, you know, they were at their house, and so they weren't being supervised. So they weren't cooking alongside with it. Alongside sure. it, Maybe if you knew ahead of time, buy this, 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 and this, and make the same thing at home, and you had it, you know, on a TV or a tablet in your in your home kitchen and you cooked along with it, that might change it. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I don't know. It, to me, this is a, a see, a smell, a touch and do industry. You know, TV, I mean, I watch cooking shows and get ideas, but I, I, don't, I don't know. I just don't think of that as a good way to educate. But the world is changing, so... Who knows? Sure. I also think that the interaction with the instructor makes a big difference because when you're in a classroom, again, this is my guess, you probably can correct them and say, okay, here, you're doing this right. or You can give instant feedback. Right. 
yep, how are you going to do that one? And I mean, I guess there could be ones that are Zoom. The, the one they did was all videos, so it wasn't live. Sure. Uh, you know, if if you had it that it was Zoom, like a Zoom meeting, I guess, you know, you could have that feedback. But still, the teacher's not in the room. They're never going to be able to taste it. That's true. They're never going to be able to smell it. You know, they're never going to be like, oh, someone, you know, I'm walking through the class and I can smell Yesterday we were making General Tso's chicken, and I could smell that someone's garlic was burning. And, you know, I'm like, whoa, there's somebody's garlic's up too high. Well, how are you going to do that if you're not in the room? Yeah, no, I agree with you. Yeah, like I said, I was just curious because, you know, you see a lot of advertising for online courses and schools, and I just always wondered, how how does that even work? And I figured I'd ask you. Yeah, I, I just had one of the big culinary schools. I reached out to see if they wanted to come you know, talk to my students and do a demo and they wanted to do it online via Zoom. And I told them that my students have had enough of that. You know, they, they want a real person cooking in front of them. You know, it's just, they've had two school years of that. Yes. So, why, why, why did they want to just do Zoom? I would think that it'd be better to go into school. I, I mean, I guess it just depends on their schedule. I don't know their situation. I'm not going to say what school it is. They're not real close to Pittsburgh. Okay. Um, if, if they don't have, I mean, I would assume they have like regional reps that could, you know, but uh, I'm not sure, you know, sure. if it's still a COVID thing um, or I'm not, you know, maybe sure. they just pivoted how they market and have less people because of it. They can do it by zoom. Sure. No, I, I understand. Hey, what is one thing people should know before entering, before considering a career in your industry, before wanting to be a chef or, or a cook? It's hard work. And if you don't like to work and you don't like to to be a team player and you don't like to have it's constantly changing it's never the same then mm -hmm. it's it's not for you sure and how so do you find it changing uh because people will naturally think well hey it's cooking what's what's changing about cooking and i'm sure that's not the case but can you elaborate on that like what what do you see oh someone you know, someone called off today. So instead of having four people do the job, now you're having three. Gotcha. Um, the company that you get your food from was out of stock on six ounce chicken breast. Now you have to use five. They, you know, the, the, the people that were supposed to get married and their dinner supposed to be at six o'clock. Oh, their pictures are taking longer. Now their dinner's at seven o'clock. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just never as you planned. That makes sense. That makes sense. I also would imagine that food is something where people get real sensitive if it's not done to their expectation. So I guess yeah, I remember they used to always say when I was young that, you know, working in a restaurant is the second most stressful job to being a, uh, air traffic controller, which kind of sounds ridiculous. But at that moment in time, from my experience, that person's steak is the most important thing in the world to them. And you think about it. Okay. I burn a steak. I burn a steak. But in that split second, that is like the most important thing to that person. So definitely. Hey, can you share some roles that students? So once they finish your program, once they finish going through your program, uh, they have the opportunity to go on to culinary school to, you know, uh, post-secondary education. What are some roles? Yep. What are some jobs that they can get? I mean, we always just think of chef, but I'm sure there's right. some other jobs. Can you share that just so people know? Yeah. So right out of, right out of here, cause these kids are high school kids, so they go half a day to a regular high school and half a day here to our school. So they're probably not going to be the chef at a restaurant right out of sure. here. Um, you know, prep cook, line cook, 
um, you know, pantry. Um, they they all have the opportunity to get a serve safe certification while they're here, mm-hmm. which means they they know certain uh, things about health and sanitation. Um, so they're going to have a leg up. They they shouldn't be graduating here and starting as a dishwasher. I have. I have some kids that are dishwashers now, but a lot of my kids are even already cooks or working in the pantry, mm-hmm. uh, you know, salad, salad at, at different restaurants. So they, they should have a leg up off of somebody who just applies for a job, mm-hmm. um, you know, and they can work at catering. Um, we have kids that um, are working at some real nice restaurants already. Um, we have kids that are running camps in the summer and working for, you know, food service companies that they could, if, you know, once they graduated, they could pivot and, um, you know, go work all year round for the, for that company at like corporate dining. Mm-hmm. Um, we have kids that'll go work at bakeries right out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they can do, you know, the food service business is so, so wide. You, you can work at a hospital, you mm-hmm. know, you can make a good, that's why I tell the kids I have a bulletin board with just all the different jobs you can have. Now, some of them aren't jobs you're going to start off with, but it's not just working in a restaurant, B-Chef. I, I ran, I was a food service director for the children's home for 17 years, and that was a really good quality of life job compared to being a chef. Sure. You know, I worked day, I worked daylight. Um, now, the place was open 365 days a year, but I had a really good staff. I basically never worked holidays and never worked weekends. Um, you know, I had good benefits, good vacation restaurants. You know, it's not for everyone. You're working Saturday nights. Oh, yeah. You know, so uh, I, I always think that's that's for the young people of the industry. And as you get older, you take those jobs in the hospitals and the corporate dining and, you know, the, those type of things. Yeah. I but, think it's, uh, it's got something for everybody. Definitely. I think it's so important. You mentioned the uh, work-life balance and, and, you know, not working holidays. A lot of people don't realize when you're in this industry, you work some long hours and you do work holidays oh. because people want to eat. You know, people eat all year round, right? It it doesn't stop. And you need staff to do that. And obviously the people who have more seniority and have been at it longer are going to probably get the prime hours. This is just me thinking out loud. So you've got to be willing to make that sacrifice and work hard. And you have to know that. I like the fact that you tell them that because a lot of people don't tell students, okay, here's what it's going to be like. Right. I, think, I, I think of it as a pyramid. If you work harder at the bottom of that base, by the time you work your way up, life's going to be, I, I don't even know if easier is the right word, but better yes. is, is the right word. I agree. You know, you don't want to be chasing your tail. You want to start off pushing that snowball down the hill. Yeah. So what traits and characteristics do you think the students have to have for them to fit into the industry and, and to be successful, like, you know, as you're preparing them? The ones that you see, because not all of them go into the industry, but what are the traits that you're seeing for the ones that are successful that are doing those jobs? Because you mentioned some of them are already working good jobs. Yep. Yep. Work ethic mm-hmm. and the ability to take criticism, oh. which probably goes for everybody in every job. Yes. But, yeah. And take orders. Yes. No, that's... You know, some of these kids come in here and they think that they you cook for yourself, you know. Now, a lot of times here, they, they are eating the food that they make. But one thing I've really been trying to impress, and we've been doing tours for up-and-coming students, is when the chef at a restaurant, which I try to make this at least as simulated as we can, when a chef at a restaurant tells you we season our hamburgers with you know salt and pepper, well, I don't really care if your dad puts Cajun spice on it. <laughs> you know, 
that's not what you're going to do at a restaurant. You cook it how, you know, the customer orders the burger the way the restaurant serves a burger. It, it, you know, it doesn't even matter if you like what you're cooking. So some of them have a hard time with that. Really? That's interesting. Yep. Yep. That's interesting. I, I would, and when you're not the chef, yeah. it doesn't matter what your opinion is, really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I would imagine if you can't follow orders on that, you are not going to be too successful if you're putting whatever you want on somebody's food. And, and that's yeah. you're not going to last too long, I would imagine, if you don't correct right. it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Now, you know, I'm not, you know, here it is different because in the end, sometimes they are eating it, but I still want them to do it just to get the simulation of you're doing it this way. Yes. But, yeah, and it's just good habits to develop. That I think that's what you're absolutely because the habits yep. will follow them if they if they maintain those habits. I would imagine that they will be successful at what they do. And it doesn't even matter if it's in this business or another one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's transitional in anything you do. Yep. By the way, how do you determine whether somebody's a high level performance? Is it by education, um, training? is it the reputation how do you look at somebody and say this is a high caliber chef or a high caliber assistant or what is the measurement like what is how do you determine that that person is a high performer i mean i guess in the industry it would be you know their job title where they've worked at um their education um you know if it's if it's to the point where you're just tasting their food or watching them cook as a supervisor, just how is the final product? How, how is their general work, you know, from their neat, you know, their mise en place to the neatness that they keep their area to the speed that they cook. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and then I, you know, on a grander scale, you know, if you're the chef at a restaurant, how well the restaurant's doing, if you're the owner of a restaurant, how well the restaurant's doing. Okay. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Because so many jobs, I think people want to know, okay, am I doing a great job? And what do I have to do to continue? Like, what does a high-level performer look like? You know, I, I know I have a sales background, business development, and I could look at another salesperson and say, well, hey, he sold double what everybody else sold, so that makes him a high performer. Whereas in right. your industry, it seems more like uh, it's not that simple. Uh, you, you know, but I think you, you know, how people perceive the food and how quick and how you prepare and the safety. I think that that makes sense in terms of the determining the, uh, the performance of that individual. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. I think in a, in a restaurant, you, in a restaurant, you kind of can just watch and tell mm -hmm. someone, you know, how they're just, just by watching their work ethic and their, their work ethic, their speed and their neatness, mm -hmm. you know, their nice skills. Yeah, it's a hard thing to quantify. Yeah, definitely. No, that makes sense. And I do like the fact that how the restaurant's doing is a, is a good indication. You know, especially nowadays. Nowadays, people, there's there's so much information out there that, you know, people are going to know what kind of restaurant you have. Just, you know, you got to look at reviews. It's, I think it's the first thing. It, I know that's the first thing I yep. do when I'm looking at going to a restaurant. And so, you know, it's critical, you know, it is critical. And you know that you're in a competitive industry and, you know, so yep. having great performers, I guess it's really important. And I wonder also how do business owners and maybe higher end chefs know that this person coming in 
is a high caliber performer. I guess it's based on where they've been or they just let them cook something and they see, hey, this tastes great. Let's go. I would say, you know, resume, reputation. Yes. Um, I've had one time in my career where I went and worked somewhere for two days and, um, you know, it was like a tryout. They said, if we don't like you, we'll pay you and send you on your way. And if it's good, we hire you. And I got hired for that job. And I think that that is the best way to do it. Um, I don't know that many places do it. Um, you know, there's probably some legal reasons that that's not the best idea maybe um you know with how they're paying the people and all that but uh from finding employees i would say that's the best way i agree you with know. you 100 percent. what do you work like for two days <laughs> we'll yeah. you'll we'll know oh yeah and the other thing too is you would think that most people are going to be on their best behavior when they're just getting in and but you're going to see it you're going to see it uh, i mean i think that you'll see if they can cook or if they can't it, it, you know, the best way to test somebody is to put them right in and put them right in the pot, you know, put them, excuse the pun, but put them right into the fire and see how, see how they perform. When the sweat starts dripping, you'll see. Yep. Definitely. Definitely. Yep. 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 And final question, what are some resources, maybe website groups that someone interested in pursuing this profession should check out? The National Restaurant Association's website uh, the ACF, which is the American Culinary Federation's website. Um, any, if you're a high school student, check out your local CTC, community colleges, um, any any culinary school in your area uh, can tell you know can tell you. Um, and then, you know, watch the Food Network. Just look at websites that talk about food, that talk about restaurants. Um, you know, there's. It, uh, you know, Instagram, Facebook, you know, it's all out there. You know, use the Google machine and you can find out what you, what you're looking for. Definitely. Well, Ben, Hey, I really appreciate you being on the skill stadium podcast. Uh, please share how people can learn more about your school or find your school. Um, if you could share the, maybe the address or how people can find your, your, uh, school. Yep, your it's, it's, bcctc.org, which is Beaver County Career and Technical Center in Beaver. Uh, it's in Manaka, Pennsylvania is the address. It serves all of Beaver County, which is half an hour north of Pittsburgh. Excellent. Ben, thank you so much for your time, and I wish you continued success with the work you do and have yourself a fantastic day. All right. Thank you, Keith. You too. Okay.